Galatians chapter 5. This is a, a, the, uh, the last um, lesson of this series, lesson number 13. We've got, we completed all the works last Wednesday, and uh, if you I feel free uh, to go back and listen to all of those on live stream, and they're on our website now as well, and, and on podcasts, you know, all around, so it actually uh, sounds better, uh, with better quality uh, sound, so you can actually hear the preaching better. Uh, on that than you will on our live stream. So if you go to our uh, website, you can click on sermons, and it goes and it has all of our sermons, and he uploads those immediately after the service. So if you could leave here tonight, you'll have it on on your phone or on your uh, computer or play it in your car or however you want to do it. Um, so that that's pretty pretty great. Amen. And it's, like I said, the sound quality is a lot better than than from a, from our phone, like from our uh, live stream. Amen. So I want to to begin tonight in uh, verse number nineteen. You're there, say Amen. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these: adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, immolation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I have told you before, as I have or told you before, as I have as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of of God. Amen. Lay your Bibles down. Let's raise your hands and pray. God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done to this service. I pray, God, that you'd anoint this lesson, God. Lord, that you'd anoint our ears to hear and receive and apply it to our lives. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Clap your hands into the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. You all can be seated in Jesus' name. Final judgment there comes a time when the ones who follow after the works of the flesh will receive their final judgment they will receive their judgment for the deeds that they done now the judgment for those who live by the flesh it's very simple very simple they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Boom. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who do not follow after the Spirit, but rather follow after the works of the flesh, you will not be able to inherit the kingdom of God. This can be clearly seen. If God is righteous, then people, then the people of God must live righteous lives in order to be accepted by Him. So commonly spoken and preached all around our world that we should accept God. 
like we are some kind of power that God has to come and say, well, you know, I want to see if I can accept you. Do I, are you acceptable? Do, do, do I, you know, you know, we don't just we don't need, we are not supposed to accept God, but rather God needs to be able to accept us. And how it, we are accepted by God is by righteous living, by living righteously. We, heard, we serve a righteous God. We are commanded to be righteous in order to be accepted by Him. I don't want to be accepted by this society and I don't want to be accepted by this world and religious people in this world, but I want to be accepted by God. And that's found in the Word of God. The Word of God is where you find what righteousness is and holiness is. And God is holy. He said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Walking to that it's acceptable to God. However, people around our world, they ignore the fact that God's righteousness demands for our righteousness. God is righteous. Oh, holy and righteous is He. Holy and righteous is He. And all, them, all the other words. That's, that's a powerful song if I remember the words. But anyways, um, but He's holy. He's righteous. But his righteousness demands for you to be righteous. That, that lets me know that you have to have a response to God's righteousness. You, you know, God is holy. Yes, yes he is. We should live righteously, soberly, and godly in this present world. But I'll tell you, because he's holy and he's righteous. There's some things we need to disconnect from. People need to disconnect their behavior from religion. There's a religious world and mindset that's all around our world. Things that are contrary to the apostolic faith. People that are, are bound by religious. And people say, well, you're, 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 just, you're just bound by religion. No, no. You know, I, I got this flyer, this little track says, Fed up with religion? Experience Pentecost. This isn't a religion. This is an experience. I experienced something that is real, that's in the Bible. I'm not following after religion that's been made by man. I'm not following after things that are that just been made up, but I'm following after things that have been written down by holy men of old as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. This is the Word of God. Separate yourself from religious thinking. And so often that falls and, and scripts into the apostolic church. Won't be long, we'll start comparing ourselves to religious people and religious denominations. And, and we start having that kind of behavior come into the church. They have that kind of behavior coming into the apostolic church to where we don't even look much like, different than, than they do. We don't act any different than they do. Our services aren't no different than theirs. And sadly, some apostolic churches, I'd rather go to a Baptist church than I would go there because they're deader than a doornail. 
I mean, you know what I tell you? First church is the Frigidaire. I mean, and in small print, redefined print, we are apostolic. Be like, I never knew. If I didn't read the fine print, I wouldn't have known. Good thing you got it on the church time. Old pastor used to say, well, when they, when, when they drive by, they see Pentecostal on the sign, right? Well, if they see your car parked out there, and you're, the sign says Pentecostal, and you're in here, they know what you're doing. You might as well act Pentecostal when you get in here. Amen. Because you're already here and people already know you're here. So what's, what are you hiding? You know, everybody knows you're here. Why don't you just act like you're Pentecostal? Why don't you just act like you're apostolic? Why don't you just be the church and don't follow after the traditions and the religious people? Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Amen. It's all right. It's all right. I know it's Wednesday night, but I feel... Whew. Tell you what... You know, people already know we're in here. People already know we're tongue talkers. Why, why are you holding back? We need to separate ourselves from the religious mindset. We don't need to just profess religion. We don't need to have religion, religious practices. We don't need to talk the religious talk. We, uh, we don't need to defend the beliefs of different religions and different things. But I tell you what, I'm here to stand in defense for the Word of God and, and say I'm going to stand on the Word of God and what is preached inside the Word of God. Amen. I'm going to preach what the Word of God says, whether people like it or not. Amen. You can get up and walk out if you want. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to preach what the Word of God says. Amen. Dang it, that was perfect timing. I had to go for it. Sorry. <laughs> but you know what? We don't need to, to follow after those beliefs and defend the beliefs for religious people and religion. This is more than just a religion. This is the Word of God. Amen. However, people around our world, they, they, they go ahead and, and they live the way they want regardless of what the Word of God says. Regardless of what God is saying in their life. Regardless of what the preacher is preaching, people goes ahead and does whatever they want to do. They don't even live what their preacher preaches and they go to the Baptist church. They don't even live according to, to, the, to what their, their pastor preaches. They speak it with their mouth, but their heart is far from it. You could tell lots, uh, uh, that some people's walk and talk is totally different. They could talk a big talk. But they don't walk no big walk. Right? We don't need to just profess it. We don't need to just 
practice what, we, what, we, what we're doing. We don't need to just talk about it, but we need to live what has been written in the Word of God. Not what the religious world does, but we need to, rather to do that with those. We need to, to, to practice the apostolic faith. We need to, to profess that. We need to walk it and talk it. We need to live it in and out. We need to do those things. You know what? People around our world, they say this. Well, I can do whatever I want to do. If they want to do something, and they feel to do something, they say, well, God will forgive them. You ever seen that? Even in the apostolic church. Well, God's going to forgive me. God will forgive me. And God understands why I'm living after the flesh. God understands why I'm doing the works of the flesh. No, He don't. Well, God's going to do. God's just going to keep showing me mercy. Keep showing me mercy. No, there's going to be a judgment, and those that do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They they feel like. That God's a loving God. And God's always going to show mercy. One day, mercy's going to sit down and judgment is going to stand up. Mercy's going to take its seat at the mercy seat. Then judgment's going to stand up. And there ain't going to be no more mercy. There's going to be a final judgment for everyone that follows after the flesh and the deeds thereof, right? Very few people in our world actually thinks that God will reject them. Even in the apostolic church. Have you ever had that even feeling? Like, well, God, God, He'll always take me back. He'll, he, he won't ever reject me. But I tell you what, that is not true. God will not always strive with man. One scripture says, God once winked with, at ignorance, but now he commands all to come to repentance. I'm telling you, there's going to be a judgment time when you're, when you're obeying, the, when you're following after the flesh. I'll tell you what, there's going to be a judgment time. And when, when that time comes, I'll tell you what, that, 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 and, you're, and God's going to reject you. We talked about it that on, on Sunday. How they gathered the fish and he separated the, the bad and the good. And he gathered the, the wheat and the tear. He separated the, the tear from the wheat. And the Bible says that there's going to be a judgment when they're going to put the good on one side, on the right, and the, and the bad on the left. There's going to be a great separation. And there's going to be a time when God says, I'm rejecting you. For your disobedience. You have done things against my will. And unrepented sin. And I'm going to reject you. How many people really feel like God's going to reject them? If they felt like God would reject them for what they were doing. They wouldn't do it. I promise you that. 
If they really felt that way, they wouldn't be living the way they're living. If they knew that God would look at them and say, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I knew you not. Imagine hearing that. <sighs> Cried the cries, tears. That don't matter. Judgment has already came. You're going to the place where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wailing. That's what Matthew 13 says. Wailing. Not just weeping. Wailing. You ever heard somebody wail? It's not just... It's like... Oh, you're really wailing and crying. and So bad that, you would, that they would bite each other just to get some kind of comfort. We're talking about fire. A furnace of fire, Matthew 13 says. But the one scripture says it's a, it's a lake of fire in Revelation. Lake of fire. Bottomless pit. Where they should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Where the fire never quenches and the worm, worm dieth not, not. They don't feel that. They feel that they will, will, will have done an, enough good to be acceptable for God. You ever say, well, I've, I'm a good guy. You talk to somebody at work, I'm all right. I don't do nothing bad. I, I don't kill nobody. I ain't never done nothing wrong. I just smoke a little bit and drink a little bit and party a little bit. I, you know, I, I just, you know, it ain't too bad. They feel like they've done enough kindness and enough religion. So many people follow after the traditions and the and 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 even the, the the even the apostolic faith. They feel like if they live the standard, it's good enough. But I tell you what, there's going to be a lot of long-haired, skirt-wearing women in hell. They are. That's been baptized in Jesus' name and had the Holy Ghost because they think that their outward deeds and just what people sees is what's going to get them to heaven. But on the inside, they're like the, the, the Pharisees, and they were all full of dead men's bones. They look okay on the outside, but they think that's enough. No. They think that that's going to be enough. Even their works. Well, I give, I give $10,000 to charity last year. I think I'm doing pretty good. Or maybe you talk to somebody that's rich, you know, they'll be like, I gave $500,000 to the, to the uh, you know, whatever fund, uh, the March of Dimes or, trim, or, or, or some kind of children's thing or whatever. You know, you know the children, I gave them, uh, money to the children's hospital for research. What, people think that that's going to get them to heaven. Well, I pay my tithes every day. Every week I pay my tithes. Just because somebody pays their tithes, and I'm saying that paying your tithes is, is essential and, what, and you should pay your tithes, but just tithe alone will not save you. It won't do it. If you're, if you're paying your tithes and you're following after the works of the flesh, your judgment's coming. And you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. He said, I told you twice. As the old song we used to sing, little David, David, good Lord. I told you once, I told you twice. You can't get to heaven with another man's wife. 
Little David, play on your harp. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Little David, play on your harp. Hallelujah. Well, I told you once, I'll tell you again. You can't get to heaven with any sin. Little David, play on your harp. Wait, man, we shout, shout our hair down to that. They used to worship to that. I tell you what, I tell you, you know what? You can't get to heaven with any sin. Not by the works that you, not to, by the righteousness and things you've done, but it's by the Word of God. People feel like they've done enough service. Well, I, I'll just do some work around the church. I'll just, I'll volunteer down at the pantry. I'll volunteer to help to help with the food box ministry. That'll get me into heaven. The pastor will think I'm doing good. I, I, I put in a lot of hours. Well, I'll, I'll go down and I'll 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 help. I'll, I'll spoon feed the, the the elderly down at the down at the nursing home. You know, uh, you know. I'll, I'll go down and I'll help them. I'll I'll, I'll help the the, the, old, the old ladies down at the nursing home. Maybe that'd be enough. And that's something you know needs to be done. I've worked in nursing home ministries, and I went to the rooms and sat with people, helped them, and talked with them, and 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 done things for them, and and that's part of it. Yes, it is. But just doing that won't get you to heaven. People feel like that that can get you to heaven, but I tell you what, it, your service to the Lord and to the community will not matter if you are following and and you are f- doing the things and the, having the manifestation of the works of the flesh. Right? Are you with me today? This this attitude. Some people's got an attitude, right? This attitude comes from a false conception of God. So many people around our world has a false conception of God, right? They have a false conception of God. That It is a conception that looks upon God as a father. Right? Who is giving the, the, the children the things that they need. And almost giving them a license to do what's wrong. Well, Daddy, you know, I'll just wink my eyes at him and I'll just cry and he'll give me what I want. Daddy, ooh, I really wanted to do that. I really wanted to do, uh, you know, I just. I, I can't. I don't. I don't know why, but I do, Daddy. Please, Daddy. And they feel like, well, Daddy's just gonna say, "Oh, honey, don't cry now. We'll try to. Be, we'll make it better for you." And uh, you get to Daddy. You know, you get to Daddy's heart. The little Daddy's girl start crying. And you start. You pick her up and start wiping those tears. And the little boy, Daddy, Daddy, oh, look at him crying. Mommy, don't whip that boy no more. He's all right. But you know what? That is a very fatal mistake to think that God is never going to show judgment to you. Many, many times, kids feel that way about their parents till one day the belt goes, whatever that sound goes. 
Remember that sound? My dad, he he slide that belt out. And I tell you what, you hit the ground running. You knew something was getting ready to happen. He'd double that belt up, smack it together, and he'd be ready to go at you. And, and he'd get you one or two licks before you got away. Then he'd have he'd catch you sometime or another. But I tell you what, God is, is a God that will bring judgment. He will show judgment to you. It is a mistake that some of the Gentiles made in the Gentile church. Right? The Gentiles were making these mistakes. Feeling like, well... I can just live it up. I can have lasciviousness and idolatry and adultery. I can just do whatever I want because God's a loving God. And they were talking about grace and ooh and grace this and grace that. And God's going to forgive me. And I'll tell you what, they abuse the grace of God. One scripture says they pervert the grace of God. And the word pervert, how many knows what the word pervert means in the Bible? How many know anybody? I'll let you go first. Yes. Use it in a way it was not intended to be used. When you take the scripture, you take the grace of God that was meant to show to show someone grace to give them things that they don't deserve. But they abuse the grace of God. And they use it as a as a get free pass or 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 you know get you know free you know get in free ticket, you know. It's like I, I got my grace card. You know, those people that, that, do, that lives it up, that pull out their grace card. They'll pull out their grace card and they say, well, I got grace. Well, yeah, you do got grace. But that's not what grace was meant for. That's not what grace was designed for. You can't just pull out the grace card and say, well, God's going to show mercy for you. Now, He will. But that's not what it's designed for. It's designed for people to have sincere hearts to find it, to find that forgiveness of sins. It's the same mistake that multiple, mul- the multitudes of religious people all throughout our country are doing, abusing their grace, working the works of the flesh, acting out. Getting drunk, revelings, partings, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, uh, idolatry, all kinds of things. Uncleanliness. They're following after their works, after the flesh. And they say it's okay because they have grace. But that's not the case. That's not the case. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse number 9. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, or effeminate, or nor abusers of themselves with mankind. None of those. 
nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revelings, nor, nor, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And it can. The kingdom of God was not designed for the unbeliever. It was not designed for those who are unrighteous. Believers is the only one, the only ones that can inherit the kingdom of God. The new heaven and the new earth where God will rule and reign. Yes, only the ones who are righteous can enter therein. Only the ones that abstain from the lusts of the flesh will be able to make it. They, they are the ones that have been given eternal life and have been given the privilege to be citizens of heaven. Mm. I'm, not, I'm just a pilgrim here. I'm just a stranger. I'm just a foreigner. I'm an alien, as the scripture calls it. King James says we're aliens. We are, we're not from this place. We are, we are not from this world. We are from another city. We are only here for a moment, temporarily. But we are citizens of the kingdom of God in, in, and this world. Yes, I got a dual citizenship right now. I live here, but I also got a home on the other side. I got a mansion just over in glory. I got a place prepared for me. A place where it will be all mine. Prepared. Those who live righteously and live for the Lord Jesus Christ and serve Him will be made perfect in that city and for all eternity. You won't have to worry about this world anymore. No more flesh, no more fighting, no more pain, no more sorrow. 1 Corinthians 6 and 2 and 3. It says, Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? Now, look at your neighbor. Say, are you a saint? Or are you an ain't? A lot of people say, well, I'm an ain't. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by who? By you. Now, I don't want to get too deep in theology. We're talking about the end time and the thousand year reign. Talking about all this time. The Bible actually says, it's not in my notes, but we judge angels. Maybe it is in my notes. I'll, I'll check that here in a minute. Um, we will judge angels. The saints were going to rule and reign with Christ. We will be alongside Him. Right? It says that the world shall be judged by you. 
Are ye unworthy to judge the small matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? It is, it is my... I actually just said that. Maybe I should have kept reading it and then talked about it. No, you're not. We should, we should judge angels. How much more things that pertaineth to this life? People say, well, I, I, I ain't supposed to judge. If we're going to judge the world and we're going to judge the angels, why can't we judge small matters? Why can't we say that's wrong and that's right? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do that. This is a sin. That's not a sin. Cast judgment on things. Call, you know, make the judgment. Set your boundaries. Set your life to say, that's wrong. That's part of the works of the flesh. That's, that's something I'm not going to do. Call, and, and set that in your life. As a judgment. Luke chapter number 16. 10 and 12. Luke 16 verses 10 through 12. It says. And he that is faithful. In that. Which at least is faithful. Or which is. Least is faithful. Also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust in the much. Now, let that sink in. I know it's King James and at least you don't like it. But now let this sink in. If you are faithful in the least, you're faithful in the much. But also, if you're unjust in the least... You're unjust in the much. Right? Get your fingers out of yours. I'm just kidding. So, just a little bit will make a lot. If therefore, you have not been faithful in the unright or not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, you've not been faithful, not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust in or trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in a in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? I want to promise you today that. That when, you, when you're faithful over these few things in life, when you're faithful over what God has given you, you to do, God will give you more. If you're faithful over a few things, the Bible says, He will make you ruler over many. Is this sinking in? Hmm. To get our shovels out and dig down to so when you, if you're not faithful over a man, how, how a thing, things of this world, are you know if you're if you go to your job and you're not faithful and do your job, how do you think he's going to give you more? If you're not faithful to the house of God, 
do you think you're going to be entrusted with more responsibilities to not be faithful in? If you're faithful over these few things, if you are following in righteousness, that, that small righteousness you've got is going to be big. But that unrighteousness, that little bit of small unrighteousness you got, that's going to be big too. And your faithfulness over, over someone's things in this world will give you rewards in this world. And your faithfulness to God will also give you the benefits that comes along with that as well. We got your motor running here. We're cranking it up like a, like a dump truck out here. We pull an inch and it locks up on you. Are y'all locked up? No, we're still good. But the glory, but this glory, this glorious privilege that we have as a church, this glorious privilege is given only to who? The genuine believers. We've got to be genuine. We've got to be the real deal. You've got to be the real. Not the fake, not the phony baloney, not to just put it up, not just put it on the front, not just talking to talk, but you can't do, do the work. Not just say you want to do it, but then you don't do it. If you say, if, if somebody was bidding a job and you, and you sucked your neck out and you said, I'll do it, I'll do it, I want this job, I'll do it for $500. And you low bid everybody and everybody's like, oh man, I want to let Brother Dave do it. Because, you know, Brother Dylan, he said 1000 and Brother Dave said 500 Wow, let's do it. I want him. And when it comes to time to do it, Where's Brother Dave? You know, he's he's eating tater chips or something. You know, he's out. He 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 made a stop at the Krispy Kreme or or I don't know. I mean, he he just went somewhere else. You know what? That but you got to be genuine. You don't need to just say that you're going to do something. Don't do it. You don't just say you're going to live for God and don't do it. You don't just say you're going to keep yourself from the works of the flesh and don't put your effort into it. Don't just say, I want to be holy. I want to live right for you, Lord Jesus, and do everything. And then walk out and live your life according to the flesh. Genuine believers is the ones who's going to be able to inherit the kingdom of God. People who's got the goods you ever seen somebody that's got the goods they really got hooked up right they've got the real deal look at your neighbor and say do you are you the real deal are you the real deal are you do you really want to live right are you really not just talk about it don't just say I want to be everything I want to be and then and then don't put the effort in to do it you know, I've had people do that at, at, at church. They say, I want to do this, I want to do that, but it's all right, well, let's do it. And they never were able to, and they never do it. We were just talking about the basement last night. How we, we had a meeting uh, two years ago about getting it, getting all this done. And somebody come through and they said, they come through and they said, we'll do it. For free, all you got to do is buy the stuff. 
Two years later, and they never did show up. And next time, I, I, told, I told Brother Dwayne, I said, next time somebody says free, and I said, no, we'll pay somebody to do it. Because they, if, they, if they come and, we, and they, we're going to get paid, that means they're going to show up and do it. People says, oh, we'll do it for you for free and don't show up. Some people says, well, I'll, I'll be over this ministry and they never do anything with it. Well, yeah, I want to do this, but when it comes down to doing it, they don't do it. Well, I want to be, do this and I want to, you know, they'll say all kinds of stuff they want to do. But you need to have a little, little less talk, a lot more action. You know, get, get the job done. Get the job done. Only genuine believers, men and women of God, have truly, people who have truly given it all to the Lord, to give their lives to the Lord, and has lived their lives the way Jesus wants them to live, is going to inherit the kingdom of God. No matter how religious the person is, no matter how much zeal you've got, no matter how much Holy Ghost you've got, no matter how much you go through the motions and you show up to church, you can talk in tongues as much as you want, you can shout and run, you can put on a scene, that doesn't matter. Mm. How much you give to charity, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, how what you do. If you don't live a pure and righteous life, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Doesn't matter. You know, you could raise your hands. But if you don't live a pure life, that doesn't matter. You've got to live right. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, as we read, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 20. It says, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribe and Pharisees, ye shall not, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now their righteousness was on the the outward and rituals, but what does it need to be? It needs to exceed that. It needs to be beyond that. What didn't they have? They didn't have a heart for it. If somebody's got a heart to do what's right, they ain't going to be fighting the pastor on the standards. They'll be saying, oh, I want to make sure. Is this okay? I, I mean, you know, be like, oh, you know, I've had people say, well, you know, come and say, you know, is this okay? Is that okay? And things will be like, well, yeah, that's okay. I, I was just going to make sure. That means you have a heart for righteousness. That means you have a heart to be right with God. And you don't want to do something if it's going to be wrong. But when people have a heart that, that, that isn't for righteousness, they're trying to, to find a way out and find it easier. Instead of asking, it's like, is this wrong? Do I need to quit doing this? Or, or, is it okay for, if I do this? Instead of doing that, they say, well, I don't feel like it's wrong to do that. I don't feel like it's wrong. I feel like I can do that. I feel like I can go here. I feel like I can do this. I'm, I, I'm going to listen to this music. I want to wear this. And I, and I think, uh, it, it, you know, my dress should be as long as it covers my butt. It's all right. You know, I'd be like, no. No, that ain't it. But that, those people don't have a heart 
for righteousness. When you have a heart for righteousness, you'll do the things that are pleasing to God. And that's how you're going to supersede the, 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 or exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes. It's because it's, it goes from here to here. Don't just know about it. Some people know about the standard, and they do it, but it's not in the heart. Kids, lots of times, when they're growing up, they know about it, they do it, it's never in their heart. They turn 18, they hit the road. It's not in their heart. Adults, they do it, but it's not in their heart. First trial comes, first thing a woman does, goes out and cuts her hair. You know, if they go out and do things, you know, they shouldn't do. Because it's not in their heart. It was just in their mind. It was just an understanding. First Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse 50. Now I say, now this I say, Brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doeth corruptible inherit incorruption. You cannot do it on your own. Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It shall not. Ephesians 5 and 5. It says, For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, who hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. No. None of those will have any inheritance with the kingdom of God. Revelation 20, Revelation 21 and verse number 27. It says, And there shall be, or there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. But they which is written in the Lamb's book of life. If you're doing things that are an abomination, Revelations 21, verses 27, you're not going to enter in. And that's, that's there where you get the, the powerful scripture, Deuteronomy 22 and 5, where it says, that a woman should not wear that which pertaineth to man, neither shall a man put upon a woman's garment. For they that do so is an abomination to the Lord thy God. Abomination. Anyone that worketh abomination shall not be able to enter in. Don't. And that's why we preach our ladies wears dresses and our men wear pants our men don't wear dresses and our women don't wear pants and people think it's funny that a man, for a man to wear a dress or a skirt but they don't think it's funny for a, a, a woman to put on a pair of pants what's the difference if a woman can put on a man's pants then why can't a man put on a woman's dress? 
Ain't that okay? We're, you know, we're all, we're all, you know, it's cool, right? No, it ain't. It's an abomination to the Lord thy God. If you notice the scripture, how it said, women shall not put things that pertaineth, things that are resemble, things that are like. People say, well, these are women's pants. You ever people say that? It didn't, okay then. It said pertaineth. There you go. Pertaineth or like unto or looks like or similar. Well, you know, just because the button's on the left instead of the right, or the right instead of the the left, that doesn't matter. Well, they're made a little different. Yeah, you go down to to the to Dollar General and buy you a pair of pants, and you go down to to, to uh, uh, Walmart and buy you a pair of pants, and you go down to to uh, to uh, the big name brand store, and I find out, I, I let you know that every one of those pants are made different, and they're all made and they're made for men. All of them made different. Well, what does it matter if they're made different? I tell you what, if I cut out having a big butt, maybe a man's got a bigger butt. I don't know. I mean, maybe a, a man might fit a, a, a woman's pair of pants might fit a man better if he's shaped right. I mean, what does it matter? That ain't what we're talking about. How they're shaped? We're talking about what it looks like. Tell you, let me preach for a few minutes here. I'm getting on it. I better get off of it, or I'm gonna run out of time. I already did. But I tell you what. But you know the abominable things. That's why it's so important to, to get this in your heart. That means that, that means when you when you put on those things, you feel bad. When I when I put on that skirt, I feel bad. When I when I put on that, I better not say that. When I put on them things, I, I, I you know I don't want to do that because that's the ways of the world and the ways of the flesh. Women don't. Don't wear those things. Why? Because they are abomination. Those are, are it's against the word of God. It's a effeminate spirit. That is a that is a, a homosexual and lesbian and spirit that has crept in. Everybody and, and the women feel like I can do what the man does. I want to dress like the man. I want to work like the man. I'm tough like a man. I can do that. What kind of spirit is that? It's not of God. Masculine spirit on a woman is not of God. It's not. Women should be shamefaced. That means you should get embarrassed. You should feel embarrassed. Most a lot of women would be embarrassed. They, they, they feel embarrassed when things happen. That's why people say, Well, I don't want to talk like that around if there's a woman in the room because it embarrasses them. Well, that's because that's the way they were made. They were made to feel shameful. Embarrassed about things. Not to, I should walk in shame. That means you would be able to, to be ashamed and be feel you know, want to hide your nakedness. But nowadays people don't have that. You look at the, at social media. Women don't have no shame. Bear it all. Free show for everybody. Doesn't matter. They have no shame. It all started because we opened the door to that spirit. I promise you, it leads 
to a judgment and eternity without God. Yes, it does. Only the ones whose name has been written in the book of life will make it. Revelations, one more scripture. Revelation chapter number 22 and verse number 15. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. So the ones that are over without. So the ones that are not in the gate. Not behind the gate. Verse number 14 says, Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they might be right to the tree, may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gate into the city. Now, there's a gate. St. Peter's not there. Let's let you know. St. Peter ain't at the gate. You know, that's a Catholic belief. Somehow, they believe somehow. I'm not got time to think about all that and, there, and to teach about all that right now. But it's a weird belief that pe- they, they, people believe. You know, meet old Saint Pete at the gate, and old Saint Pete is going to let us in, because oh, he's the one with the keys, and we got to have you. He's going to open the gate and let us in, you know, and all that stuff, you know. And but you, but you, but but at the gate, when you go to enter in to that city, what kind of Beautiful thing it will be. Only the ones who have obeyed his commandments is going to go in. Well, I've done everything right. I've done, I done this, I've done that. I've, but I followed after the flesh. I, I didn't really serve the Lord. And, but if you have followed after the commandments, you get to go in. But then there's going to be the ones that are without. Let's all stand. There's going to be the ones that's going to be on the outside. What happens to the ones on the outside? Hmm. They're going to be reaching that final judgment. They're going to reach that final judgment in the casting in to the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. That place we don't want to go. Raised their hands today and said, How many in this house wants to go to hell? Nobody would raise their hand. He said, Well, if, if I raise if I said, Raise their hand if you want to go to heaven, everybody raised their hand. We we'll say, Well, how many people wants to quit operating in the works of the flesh? People be like, Oh, no, I. I, I sort of like that, you know. I, I, you know, I just don't know. I, I'm just gonna argue with you about it a little bit. Maybe I, you know, I, I, you know. But if you do that, you're gonna go. You're not gonna get. You're gonna go to hell. Well, if I said, you know, everybody that wants to go to heaven, right? They raise their hand to go to heaven. But I said, well, how many wants to live holy and separated from the, from the world? No. How many wants to obey the commandments of the Lord? Well, that's a little bit much, don't you think, Pastor? That's a little bit much. I mean, why are you being so hard? Why are you preaching like that? 
We're talking about heaven and hell, right? If you really want to go to heaven, you have to live holy. For without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Without holiness, without living modestly and dressing modestly and not wearing the costly array, the broiding of the hair and and gold and silver and all kinds of those ornamentations of the world. If you wear those things and you do that, you're not very serious about going to heaven. I mean, you say you want to go to heaven, but all you have is a grace card. You don't have anything else. But that, that little card ain't going to do you no good. You show that up to the St. Pete if he's up there and say, here you go. Well, how'd you live? You know, did you live, you know, righteously and soberly and godly in this principle? Did you follow the commandments? Are you going to do this? Huh. I promise you, there will be a final judgment to everyone that follows after the works of the flesh. And I promise you today, you don't want that judgment. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this service, God. I pray, God, Lord, that you would move, Lord, upon our minds and hearts, God. That we, Lord Jesus, would would not follow after the works of the flesh. And I know this has been a long series, but I pray, God, that every one of these would would be embedded in our hearts. That it's not just something that we, we know in our mind we shouldn't do, but it's something that we want to do and want not to do. And we don't want to follow after that, but we want to follow after your righteousness. I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord Jesus, Lord, as, as I know we're moving on from, that, from this series. I pray, God, Lord, that this would come in our hearts and, and be part of us. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm trusting you today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you would help our church, God, to be everything it needs to be. In Jesus' name, amen.